Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And folks, by now, you know the drill. Coronavirus has us staying close to home. But our spirits are high here in the makeshift Peak Northwest Studios, especially today, Jamie. That's right, Jim. We have a very special episode in store today. This is episode four of our Campfire Story series. And, you know, I think it might be the best one of the bunch. Yeah, we've been soliciting stories from from you guys, our listeners, over the past few weeks. And today... We are going to play a few of our favorites, and I think we've gotten some pretty good ones. I'd rattle them off, Jamie, but I, I don't want to spoil anything. Jim, no spoilers. We're going to get to <laughs> today's story soon enough, but before we get started, we would like to remind you all to keep sharing your own campfire stories with us. Jim, can you please tell us how these stories may be shared? So you folks can submit your stories to us by calling and we'll we'll rattle this off again later, so no fear if you don't have a pen, 503-221-4345, leave us a voicemail there, or record your story on your phone and email it to us at podcasts with an S at Oregonian.com. If you keep them short and snappy, you know, three minutes or so, if you can, we'd love to share them in a future episode. And as it just so happens, almost all of the stories we received so far have been about animal encounters, which is, is a you know a popular topic around campfires. Um, and I think some of our best stories that we've shared so far here. So that's what our episode today is all about: your stories about animal encounters in the wild. Of course, y'all can send us anything you want: stories of the most amazing experiences you've had out in nature, the best trips you've ever taken how a particular outing brought you closer to a traveling partner or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I mean, you name it. We want to hear whatever you've got for us. And we know you've got some more good ones. So you probably got some time on your hands. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've got two kids running around and you got no time on your hands. I don't know, but winnow out some time. Uh, We'd love to hear what you folks have to share. So keep your stories coming. And in the meantime, Jamie, what do you say we get on with this week's show? Our first story today is from our boss, actually. That would be (laughs) Therese Bottomley, who, well, let's let her take it from here. 
This is Therese Bottomline, editor of the Oregonian Oregon Live, and I'm taking you up on your offer to hear wildlife encounter stories. Mine involves the very rare encounter with a wolverine in the wild. I was hiking in Glacier Park in Montana with a friend, and it was a pretty bad bear year because there was a drought and the bears had to come down from the mountains to get the huckleberries. And we had worked ourselves up into quite the lather about bear sightings, emailing each other links to bear attack stories before the trip up to Glacier. So we were pretty tense as we walked through the chest-high huckleberry bushes on the way up the mountain. And then it got worse when we got up to the Alpine because there was this beautiful little glacial lake and it had this giant grizzly bear paw print right on the muddy shore. So we were pretty tense. We stopped for lunch up at Sai Pass. And as we were packing up, I turned, looked over my shoulder, and saw, cresting over the top of the hill, a very fuzzy brown bear-like face. We immediately grabbed all, all our things and did the exact wrong thing, which was started running down the trail. And then we realized we really shouldn't be running, so we stopped and looked back. And this strange creature, it looked like a cross between a bear, a small brown bear, and a skunk. It had a long, woolly tail. And it came up over the crest of the hill and it bounded down the hillside. And then it stopped and took a hard look at us. And then it bounded off down the ravine. And we had no idea what it was. It was the strangest creature we'd ever seen. But when we got back to the ranger station, we looked it up, and sure enough, the ranger said there was a nesting pair of wolverines up at Sai Pass that had rarely been seen, and he pointed out that they were actually more ferocious and territorial than grizzly bears. A fact we were very glad not to have known at the time. So that's it, my encounter with the wily wolverine. Oh my God, Jim! I I love that story, <laughs> <laughs> and I can relate so hard to going to Glacier and just emailing back and forth grizzly bear encounter stories. I've done that exact same thing. Oh really? Oh yeah. That is that is too good. Have you ever, Jamie, seen a wolverine though? You know, I haven't, Jim. I understand, just like she said, that they can be really ferocious, but I've never seen one in the wild. Have you? I have not. So, I mean, this reminded me, though, I have to say, I don't know what your glacier stories are, but I know your Olympic National Park story that you told (laughs) on a a previous podcast episode. And it sounds eerily familiar in in a couple ways. Yeah, where you're really afraid of seeing bears and then you end up with the actual dangerous encounter being like a much smaller animal that you never saw coming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I guess that's part of the fun about going off into the wilderness, right, is you can prepare all that you want, all that you can, and there are still unknowns that you're probably going to run into while you're out there. And yeah, part of the fun. Real good story. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's part of being in nature. So thank you, Therese, for sending in your story. That was a great way to kick things off. Now we're going to go from Glacier National Park all the way down to South America, and then back up to Southern Oregon in this story from Emma Maris. This is Emma Maris from Klamath Falls. Uh, I'm a freelance environmental journalist, and I have had the really good fortune of being able to travel all over the world to 
write stories about nature and wildlife. And National Geographic sent me once to the Peruvian Amazon for three weeks. I was in a really remote part of the jungle on this canoe going up the Madre de Dios River um, in Manu National Park, one of the most biodiverse places in the world. And I was desperate to see a jaguar. And I looked every day for three weeks and I never saw a jaguar. And I finally went down the river and then rode a truck all the way up the Andes to Cusco and flew back to Los Angeles and then flew to Medford. And then I was driving my car from the Medford airport back over the Cascades to Klamath Falls and a bobcat ran right across the road right in front of me in my car. And I was like, why did I even bother going to the Peruvian Amazon for three weeks when Southern Oregon has wild cats too? Oh, man, that one is just too good. Short, (laughs) sweet, and I think pretty darn funny. Yeah, Jim, as a big fan of jaguars myself, I really felt her disappointment after not seeing one. But, you know, this is just another example of how nature can surprise us. I feel like nature sometimes can be like a trickster, especially if we try too hard to control our experience. She's just going to give us something else. Agreed, Jamie. So first we had a wolverine. Next we get a bobcat. And now finally it's time for a bear story. But before we play that story, Jamie, let's take a quick break. Okay, folks, we're back listening to some of your campfire stories. And Jamie, I've really enjoyed the first two we've had so far. They've been great, Jim. And I think we'll keep the trend going with this story about a bear sighting up in the Wallawas. Hello, my name is Michael Houston from Seattle, Washington. And the story I'm going to share is the first backpacking trip that my wife and I took with another couple about 10 years ago when we were living in Portland. We were headed to the Wallawas in northeastern Oregon. It rained for two straight days as we slowly made our way into the wilderness. We carried cans of chili, a block of Elvita cheese, and a massive tent for all four of us. We didn't see anyone else on our hike in, and on the first day of good weather we went for a day hike. This was our first time walking among these big mountains, and we had a general plan to scramble up one of the nearby peaks. This required some off-trail travel, and soon we were a bit turned around. To get our bearings, we hiked up a small hill and spotted a black bear in the distance. Terrified, we immediately retreated, worried the black bear would see us. Some of us began to sob. Someone else suggested retreating down a ravine. I was the only one that kept there cool. Unfortunately, the bear was between us and the trail. We started to make some noise and act big, but we noticed the bear was running back and forth on the hillside. Then we saw another group of hikers rather close to the bear, and they were calling to the bear. It turns out the bear was actually their large dog. So we walked back, our heads down in shame, hoping they didn't overhear our sobs and cries as we gathered the courage to walk back towards the trail and the bear, which was actually just their dumb dog. That's my story. <laughs> Jim, this story is so good. It had me dying. I love that he, he, he did such a good job of playing it up, uh, keeping that surprise and complete with those sobs and the group getting really spooked, only to just drop that punchline at the end. Oh, man. I was laughing loud, too, Jamie. Uh, Kudos, Michael. That is an awesome campfire story. And I'm sure he gets such a good reaction every time, uh, every time he plays that. So, man, that is good. So 
thankfully, Jamie, no major run-in there. To keep things moving on to story number four, this is another favorite of mine. This is about, well, let's just play the story itself. My name is Carolyn. I live in Portland, Oregon. About 35 years ago, my husband and I went camping with another couple. After a great day of sailing a Hobie cat on the lake and a fabulous dinner at our campsite, we were relaxing and getting stoned around the fire. Like everyone, I was resting my feet on the rim of the fire ring. After a while, I decided a trip to the bathroom was in order. Someone handed me a headlamp mounted on a pair of lensless glasses. This was way before the elastic band headlamps were available. When I got up, to the amusement of everyone else, the weirdness of the light on my head combined with feet that did not seem to work correctly made it almost impossible for me to walk. When I was about 20 feet from the bathroom, a big black bear ambled past. Horrified, I limped back to the campsite and told everyone what I had seen. Because I appeared to be in such a ridiculously altered state, no one believed me. As it turns out, the fire had melted the rubber bottoms of my sandals and curled them away from the soles, which was why it was so hard for me to walk. But I did see a bear. I swear I did. (laughs) All right, Jamie. So we finally have our bear story. Uh, Another really good one. So I believe her. Do you, Jamie? I absolutely believe her. Like, look, black bears are not necessarily timid when it comes to prowling around campgrounds at night. And, you know, it was a good lesson being careful around fire rings, too. Like, I've seen people melt shoes, jackets, anything that gets close to those flames. Man, you don't want to do that. That's just like the sign of uh, a knife that got away from you or maybe a little carelessness around the fire. I think I, if I remember correctly, I melted like the corner of the bottom of a like pretty new pair of shoes or one oh, of the no. shoes maybe a year and a half ago. I don't know. Still something you can use, but come on. Uh, Jim, don't don't put your new shoes up against the fire ring like that, man. You don't want to don't want to burn your shoes. So yeah. melt your shoes, whatever it may be. But Jamie, that was a collection of four, I thought, really excellent stories. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I want to thank Carolyn too for sharing her story. And I, I can't get that image out of my mind of her there with the lensless glasses with the headlamp oh my gosh. on, the curled under shoes, just scared witless from a bear sighting. It's I mean, just it such... sounds both terrifying, but also like immediately you probably have to recognize this is going to be a story I'm going to tell. Exactly. Like, and, exactly. And the fact that her people didn't believe her right away maybe makes the story even more fun because it inserts kind of the question of was it real was it not and totally i I, i'm glad we both come down on the same side of this i think she she definitely saw a bear so carolyn you get redemption here on peak northwest on the peak northwest podcast (laughs) that's that's what we can offer you tell your friends (laughs) leave us a review in itunes while you're at it or whatever it's called (laughs) apple podcasts so jamie before we wrap things up for the day I have a little update on a campfire story of mine that I shared a couple weeks back. You ready for this? So my mom said there's a little bit more to my story about Morty the Marshmallow Stealer. You know, the the raccoon that nabbed my family's marshmallows during a camping trip when I was a kid. Our guy Morty, the Marshmallow Stealer. Love Morty. 
If you didn't get that reference, go back and listen to our second Campfire Stories episode where we talk about our own wildlife encounters. So, Jim, what's the update? Okay, so my mom shared with me some details that I didn't include in that podcast episode. And she says I missed two things. So the first is, and I'm reading off a text message that she sent me. She said, we checked the next morning and Morty ate all of the marshmallows and left an empty bag behind. So (laughs) it just goes to show that Morty pounded those marshmallows and ate... I mean, almost a whole bag or maybe a whole bag. I don't know. A lot of oh marshmallows. God. That's a that's a lot of marshmallow yeah. for a pretty little creature. So so that's addition number one. And addition number two, which is more shocking, is that we bought a fresh bag of marshmallows the next day after our initial encounter. And Morty came rustling out of the woods a second time <laughs> seeking the marshmallows. But <laughs> Morty's got a problem. <laughs> Morty's into this. So my mom, my mom says we outsmarted him the second time around and grabbed our s'more supplies, <laughs> headed to the camper before he left without any marshmallows this time around um as my as my mom said it quote before he left us empty-handed or pawed again oh my god which uh i just had to get to get a laugh out of so anyway i had to share those updates i got a kick out of it and uh, again if you folks haven't listened to that episode go back through the archives and and give it a listen it's a fun one (laughs) i love this image of you and your family like hiding out in your camper Looking through the windows and being like, ha, Morty, see, we got you this time. And see, this is the part of the story I don't remember or very, <laughs> very vaguely remember. I There's a memory in my head of like huddling under the awning of our camper at some point. And I don't remember if that was the first night or the second night that I, you know, have now been reminded of. But anyway, my, my memory is hazy on this. But nonetheless... I'm glad my mom gave us that update because (laughs) it cracked me up. I could barely make it through telling it without uh, completely cracking up here. So anyhow, Jamie, that's all I've got. Well, Jim, please thank your mom for us. Or if your mom is listening, (laughs) thank you, Jim's mom, for giving us an update. I love getting those little extra details on these wild animal stories. Yeah, for sure. So for all you folks who are listening along, again, please send in your stories, whether they're about animals, though we've kind of already covered that, you know, adventure, exploration, any special moments you've had outside. This is just such a a fun way to connect as we spend uh, this beautiful spring pretty close to home. So uh, again, uh, get your pen handy here. You can submit your stories by calling us at 503-221-4345 and leaving a voicemail, or recording a story on your phone, and emailing it to us at podcasts, with an S, at oregonian.com. And keep your stories to, like, about three minutes, if you can. Jim, I am really looking forward to hearing more from all of our listeners and sharing some more of those stories on future episodes, because you know what? I know that we're not the only ones here, and that the people who shared their stories today are not the only ones with great Northwest outdoor stories. Or outdoor stories from around the world, as Emma Maris showed us today. So yeah, please send them in, true. and we will share them here on a future episode. Yeah, definitely. So until next time, folks, you can subscribe to Peak Northwest wherever you get your podcasts. Watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, and of course, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. 
This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Brooke Herbert. Stay safe and stay healthy, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. the Oregonian, we cover issues, crime, local government. But the most memorable stories are always, at their very core, about people. I'm Samantha Swindler. I'm Tom Hallman. And in our new podcast, Oregon Lives, we'll introduce you to the Oregonians with stories to tell. You'll meet a 97-year-old and his scooter gang. It's a Laurel Park Scooter Club. We'll meet the funeral director who buries Portland's homeless veterans. The folks that come to services like this leave inspired to do those good things for veterans before we get to this point again. And the story of a wedding ring lost 30 years ago. I can't believe it. This is so weird. Oh my goodness. You need to listen to this podcast. They will make you think, but more importantly, they will make you feel. And we need to feel more these days. If you want to hear these stories and more, subscribe to Oregon Lives wherever you get your podcasts.